There is a town upstate, two days' journey to the north in the Hudson Highlands. It is a place called Sleepy Hollow. Tim Burton at his best, fight me. That's it. That's the intro. No, hey there, boys and girls. I'm coming in swinging, <laughs> saying that this wow. is peak Tim Burton. Right uh, off the rip. Yeah, I'm not... Well, wait a minute. This is a sideways start to this. I didn't expect this. So peak Tim Burton. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'll say it's... Here's what I'll say. I mean, I like Batman Returns better dig than this, his movie, Dig this. Dig this. Okay. I'll say it's peak Tim Burton but not peak Danny Elfman. <laughs> you see what I mean that? You see what I'm doing there? I do. I do. Like sing Sleepy Hollow songs. No. I like, can't. You can't. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it's just like a drone. <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, was well, it Fireside Dance or whatever from Edward Scissorhands? It's, right. You know, it's not da-da-da-da-da from fucking Batman or Beetlejuice, anything I'm, like that. I'm with it's you. Gr- it's a great soundtrack. I really I really like it. And I have It's one of like the first songs that come up with my Halloween playlist. Sure. Like, I really like it, but it's just, it's not, it's, it's not like the most memorable thing from the film. It works. In fact, there's a, I, have, I have a huge list of notes for me. There's actually one, like, cue... Um, musical cue in the movie that I caught this time listening to it with some like good headphones okay. that I never heard before and I was like oh this makes this scene a lot creepier but we'll get to that later but everyone knows Sleepy Hollow Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow 1999 if you haven't seen it what the hell are you doing listening <laughs> to this so we're we're this is I feel like this is movie two in our cycle of Halloween's coming. No one's sure if like, Dude, Halloween's going to be like what it is, and we need the atmosphere. ASAP. Atmos- we have the atmosphere because I have Spire Spireside's candle, uh, the headless horseman rides lit, which basically is, is just a basic pumpkin candle. It's not like which totally, it's a good candle. Totally fine. It's a good candle. They had some other ones that I thought were <laughs> could have been better. Creepy Castle, Creepy yes. Castle grew on me, but headless horseman one is probably my favorite. We had one more. The library one. Yeah, that was terrible. That one was It weird. grew on you, though. It, I did end up burning the whole thing. Well, let me tell you something. I didn't tell Alex this, but I burnt through the Ghost Castle one because I accidentally left it burning. All oh. I, went to, I went to go get coffee in the morning, and I was like, it smelled, the house smells really great. And yeah. then I looked, and it was at like the bottom. And I went, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> and took it out. So. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but we a, have the headless horse. haunted with guilt. So exactly. I have a... Trivia question for you. Can, I can, we, can we can we start this? With a I trivia? would love to start with a trivia question. Hopefully, I can answer. What do Frankenstein, uh-huh. Patrick Ewing, Tom Cruise, and George Washington have in common? One more to say. One more time, and I'm going to visualize. What it. do Frankenstein, uh-huh. Frankenstein, Patrick Ewing, uh-huh. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, and George Washington have in common? Um. Uh. Bolts in their neck. <laughs> I don't know. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> another yeah. another conspiracy it's a theory. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this blows my mind. They have Washington Irving in common. So Washington Irving wrote Legend of Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. and this guy is so much more fascinating than anyone really knows, unless you've like done some research on him somehow. Because 
This guy, so he's known as the first American man of letters. This guy was born the same time as he, so he's the, the last of 11 children. Almost all of his siblings were born before the American Revolution. Right? Wow. So he is literally the first, literally, he's the first literary, like, uh, person of esteem for America could claim, right? So... Uh, he's this, he's this guy who sort of comes out of nowhere, but he does this, these amazing things. So you ready for this? Let me give you a little background on watching Derby. He had an affair with Mary Shelley. <laughs> no way. <laughs> of, of Frankenstein fame, right? Wow. He was at George Washington's inauguration, met him when he was six years old. Right. So to market himself, he it when he became a writer he was the first person to think of writing under a fake name and then creating a mystery about it so he he invented a guy named Dietrich Knickerbocker and he was like who is Dietrich Knickerbocker who is this I feel guy? like they loved that word back in the Knickerbocker no he invented it he invented it he invented it so he's like who is Dietrich what? he's like who is Dietrich Knickerbocker so this guy was this historian and he had these mysterious papers. It was the way Lovecraft writes. Like, I found this manuscript. Like, I didn't write this. I found this ancient manuscript and it buried in a right. like, you know, thing, whatever, right? So everyone was like, who is this Knickerbocker guy, right? So that's why the New York Knicks are called the Knickerbockers. Because Washington Irving invented Knickerbockers. What? He became the most famous New York-based literary character of his time, right? Wow. So, so he, he has that cover. So that's where Patrick Ewing comes from. That's where Frankenstein comes from, right? Now watch, watch this, watch this. So then the who is like the who is like kind of thing. Christopher McQuarrie wrote Usual Suspects. So the who is Kaiser Sose. I'm like trying to figure out like what is this guy? What, so what else did he do? He wrote uh, Mission Impossible's. So like Tom Cruise. This marketing thing of who is was invented with Washington Irving and then goes all the way to usual suspect, like who is Kaiser Sose? So like Washington Irving has invented like the mystery marketing. He's invented the word Knickerbocker. He's dating Mary Shelley. He's hanging out with George Washington when he's six years old. Like it's absolutely nuts how much stuff this guy did, right? So he's an incredible writer. And and I remember, you know, we had had this discussion once about like Exorcist Three possibly being the best horror movie ever directed by a horror novelist, mm-hmm. right? So there's a there's a subgenre of of horror movies which is basically classical literature horror movies. Now right. the full born novel size ones like Frankenstein, Dracula, we all know those are great movies, right? But horror short stories are a, sp- a really special genre. When you go and you look at like the horror short story, especially the classics, right? Mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow might be the best horror movie ever made. From a horror short story. Like, I was going through other movies that were based on classic horror short stories, and I don't know if there's one better than Sleepy Hollow. Like, this is, like, old, old, traditional American storytelling kind of at its finest. So, you know, it, it, it the fact that it's not surprising to me that this movie has mad atmosphere and, like, really that mythological punch of, like... You feel like you're in a world and you're with people with this like timeless storytelling. But when I was researching the guy behind it, I'm like, this guy was like a rock star <laughs> of, of his time. Who knew? Like the guy who created Ichabod Crane was like the James Bond of writers. Like no idea. So kind of kind of mind blowing. Um, Sleepy Hollow, by the way, 
the movie is purposely not called Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Just Sleepy Hollow because it is not like the story. If you read he's the story. He's a math teacher. Isn't he like a teacher or something? Yeah, he's like a that? teacher. But like it's it, in the story, it's all a, spoilers. In the story, it's all a prank done by the, I forget who plays the, the guy. And I'll, I'll, look, I'll look it up. But like it's all a prank on Ichabod Crane because they're both vying for the, the, the girl love. that that Christina Ricci is playing in this. And he basically thinks Ichabod Crane is a threat, so he scares him out of town. And Ichabod Crane just leaves and goes marries a girl in New York. That's it. That's the end of the story. What? Like, it's a prank. There's nothing supernatural. And then nothing happens. He just leaves Terrytown, which is where it's set, and then just goes away. And then the guy gets the Christina Ricci character, and Ichabod Crane gets some widow in, in New York, and that's that's it. So, like... The movies that he had a glow up, <laughs> right? Movie changes a lot of things from the from the story, which is why it's not called Legend of Sligala, just Sligala. Well, I think the guy who wrote this, I wrote his name down, but for some reason, I was when I went to write the last name, I was like, why don't I write as terribly as possible so I can't pronounce it on the show? Andrew <laughs> Kevin Walker. <laughs> well, we've talked about him before. I think he did seven. Yeah, and Alex met him, my fiance, at uh, Austin Film Festival when she had a script selected, and apparently. He goes to eat in Los, Los Feliz. I hope oh. we can get him on the show. I bet you're right. I say that every time, and I wonder if people who listen go, I wonder if he can get those people <laughs> on the show. So now, you know why I say well, that? Because now I got to do it. Now you got to do it. Now I got to do, do it. Now you got to do it. No, this movie definitely had a glow. And I just, so I just finished rewatching it. And like, this technically was like the first film that I've watched to kick off like the Halloween season, spooky Perfect season. Perfect choice. And you know what's funny? I was like, because the Lakers game were on, we're big Lakers fans. And I was like, I'll have the Lakers game on mute. And then watch this. And I thought to myself, I'll probably listen to it and keep my eye on the game sure. more. I didn't tune into the game until there was like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Because I just got so sucked. Like, There's a reason like why I keep, I keep the Headless Horseman statue up 24-7. Like, this is just like... This movie is magical, and every yeah. we so we just watched Jurassic Park. I got a sound bar, and by the way, before we leave, I gotta I gotta show you the the satellite speakers in the back. You oh, just yeah, gotta they, hear yeah, totally. a trailer. Um, but we just watched Jurassic Park, and when we were talking about it afterwards, we were like, it felt like a movie where everyone was on their A game. Yep. This movie feels the exact same fucking way. It feels like everyone's LeBron in his prime, showing up to set, and they know exactly what they need to totally. do, how they're gonna do it, and how they're gonna execute it. And you forget, like, the little... I mean, I forgot Christopher Lee's in here. I forgot Martin Landau is, starts this out. One of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. I can't... Like, I... It, there's... And Miranda Richardson. Holy shit. My, she... She was a revelation to me. She's the the villain, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I and uh, amazing Dumbledore, Dumbledore. There's a, there's a couple of Harry Potter alums. In, yeah, in Alfred this. from Batman uh, in there yeah. with his little wonky totally. eye. Totally. Everyone totally. in there is is so good. In fact, there's little touches that I didn't realize. Um, like special effects that still are VFX. Is it VFX? I don't know because it's 1999. It's that weird. <laughs> right. where you don't know if it's. Yeah. Uh, but I think the opening titles. Uh, there's this one thing that uh, when it does Johnny Depp's name, it's over the, the the roads on the left side, and then his name is like sort of over the river. And what I love, there's little touches where like his name is above the river, and then his the name's reflected in the river below. Yep. And it's just like little totally. things like that. Like even the intro, spooky. Totally. Like there's so much in this movie that holds up. Like I was expecting there to be some things that didn't age well because I watched this movie. There are a couple, but even even the stuff that it's very white. <laughs> That's I understand it has to be, but like it's kind of glossing over some. 
stuff and and but it's it's fine it, like it's an amazing movie and it's it, it's it, like you said everyone's on their a game it's just i think the plot is a little busy i could have done a little less with oh no this is actually who's doing it over here and this girl who snapped a twig is actually from this house and she lives over here and this is like us i will i i i could have done with a little it's, more it's streamlined. so it's so crazy because i remember up until this rewatch, bumping on that same stuff and being like, "Yeah, oh, it's a little long." But this time, I had no problems with it. It's not that it's long. I just think I think that the movie's trying to do a little too much in terms of plot because Sleepy Hollow is so streamlined. The story is so streamlined that I think he knew he had to flesh it out and add some stuff. Right. But, you know, I think he went a little. And some of the changes, like obviously, it's better to have him as a detective than a teacher. And obviously, yeah. it's better to have him inventing his own instruments and being hilariously squeamish the sight of blood and all that stuff is all i wanted to do a count uh account of how many times people faint <laughs> everyone's Which fainting quite a view yeah but i mean here's the thing i still contend to this day that this movie contains the if not the one of the most underrated quote-unquote villains in all of horror movies christopher walken nails this performance and tim burton nails the way he shoots him Dude, Incredible. ain't that the truth? While rewatching this, I was like, the headless horseman to me in this film. Like, if you if you if you can really buy into the world and imagine being there, mm-hmm. I think he's scarier than all the top slashers mm-hmm. because he's just so ferocious. And even his fighting style, like normally in horror movies, the ho- the horror scares are great. The action scenes kind of suck. Right. The action scenes in this movie, right? This felt oh, like Blade. <laughs> like, yes, like, it really right? did. Like, when he's it? fighting uh, uh, Ichabod and um, the one the guy who's fighting him for Christina Ricci's mm-hmm. uh, love, right? Uh, when when the uh, when they're fighting, he like pulls out those two little scythes, and then Johnny Depp's or Ichabod's like, "I gotta help him." The 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 way he's fighting, mm-hmm. and he it's just he's so confident. I mean, you can't see his face; you don't know how confident it is, but you you can feel. At, you yes, you can feel it from the walk and the body language and the moves for sure. He, like literally that last shot when he's walking to go get Christina Ricci and Johnny Depp's trying to figure out how to throw him his head, and he just walks out of the mist. He walks like an unstoppable force. I have never seen anyone walk yes. more like what it put a wall in front of me. Put a, like it won't matter. I'm gonna walk right through it. Like, There's a move I didn't realize. Um, and the fight scene I was just mentioning, the guy uh, takes the knife and throws it, and it goes into his back. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the horseman turns around, pulls it through him, mm-hmm. and then throws it back. Incredible. I was like, that's the sickest fucking move. <laughs> like such, and it's so cool. And such contempt for, like, like you have no chance. Well, I thought the one the one thing that, that, that stood out to me, like, I think it's probably, like, one of like, the scariest, like, movie monster moves in the world is when he goes and he kills that family mm-hmm. and the little boys under the floor. Mm-hmm. Right when he walks out, that twist he does where he's like, eh, there's one more fucker in here yep. that I got to go get. I, I was I was sitting there watching it going, I don't think I've ever been, like, that frightened of Jason, that frightened of Freddy, that frightened of right. Like, they have very, very, very scary moments because they're legends and they're icons. Sure. But even, like, so he makes that turn, and then when he goes to hack the floor, he does it with this, like, because they talk about the Hessian, or the Hessian, however they say it. Hessian, yep. Uh, he just had this f- f- uh, ferocious, like, uh, this, like, vi- like he sharpens his teeth, like, yep. he's, like, that mean. And, like, 
the fact that you don't see this guy's face and it's just pure body movement and yep. you get that is incredible. Yep, totally. And not to mention the horse, the atmosphere around how he shot, all that stuff is whatever. The fact that nature itself seems to not even know what to do with him, like with his presence. Like he, sh- mm-hmm. he shows up and the trees act weird and the leaves blow around like the fire blows, blows up that one guy's like house. Nature, like the earth itself doesn't know what to do with this, with this character. He's, he's puzzling. Like it's like he's confusing but he's not confused like he's like straight purpose like you know whatever is just phenomenal but just and the 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 little you forget how good christopher walken is with non-verbal acting and just like the without even talking just yeah all like, he does is he goes <sighs> it's in, but what's it's funny is when he incredible. grunts it sounds like christopher walken <laughs> which is like which i, I he's like right. one of my favorite actors like i totally. <laughs> i just when he grunts it's it's just it's just weird to hear him grunt. And you're like, that's a Christopher Walken grunt. <laughs> right. Most of the other time, it's just people going, Ugh. and just the headless horseman itself. Forget Christopher Walken. It's just the the visual of that and the idea oh. of that is just the concept of that. Plus throwing around pumpkins, which is part of why we're doing. And this. his his horse's name being Daredevil. Right. And the and the blood tree. Oh my the god. The blood tree is great. Like uh, disgusting and amazing. So like that that's the thing. But I just I just wanted to talk for real quick for a second about the fact that. He, he hits all the marks. That that character is not only, like, monstrous and evil and powerful and, like, whatever, but but also not. Like, there's a very sympathetic King Kong almost element to, to this. Because, remember, he's being directed, manipulated, manipulated yeah. himself, right? He's being made to do things that he doesn't want to do, like, whatever. Which is exactly the kind of thing, like, a Frankenstein or a King Kong situation where... Frankenstein didn't ask to be sewn together and brought right. into like a world of pain and King Kong didn't be asked to, to be exported to New York. Like these are, these are like, you, you've got someone who, but he is ruthless and evil and sharpens his teeth and is a warrior and all that stuff too. Like, so he has all the classic, like you could imagine if it had become a franchise and there had been five sleepy hollows that by the end of it, it would have been a Godzilla situation where he would be totally the hero Right. Of the cycle by like movie. Well, four. I never watched the Sleepy Hollow TV show. I haven't either. I guys don't give a shit. And like their concept was the Headless Horseman was one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Right. Which is a cool concept. Totally. But then they got rid of the actress and it was like some like real racist shit. And so I'm like, I'm never gonna watch that I show. I don't know any of that. Um, well, yeah, because I was like, who cares? Because um, <laughs> they got, I forget what happened. The, they both got sick and then they treated the dude actor like gold and then her like shit and then fans got mad and I was like well I'm glad I never got into the show because now I have nothing to be mad about <laughs> I don't even have to watch um, but yeah what's great about I forgot how good of a detective movie this is like yes. a like like the suspense the whodunit of it all yep. and like talking about the Headless Horseman like normally in a movie like first of all like this has such a good body count too I forgot totally. how many people would just get fucked up but in a horror film like this when, whenever you start figuring out who the monster is, it's usually pretty weak sauce. Right. But the more they found out, like, I love, I absolutely love the part where Ichabod goes, he's not after you. Yep. There's something, like, really fascinating about that. Because normally totally. it's just if you get in their way, they're going to hack and slash you. But the right. fact that this is calculated and you now know that someone's in control of this yep. is a really cool concept. Like, yep. it's, 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 it's unique to the story, and it's definitely the sauce, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> right, right, totally. And it's also, needed. you know... There's a tragedy implicit in the idea of being killed by someone who's being directed to do it, but is it's it, like Silver Surfer kind of situation, right? So like, yeah, it's, wor- it's worse to know that if you could have just given him back his head, 
he wouldn't have killed you, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you didn't even know that was a thing. So you're gonna die almost by 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 mistake or by, yeah. by you know confusion or whatever. But I, I will never forget like the the scene where he's kept out of the church, right? Where they have the board, oh yeah, the yeah, border yeah. and all that, like. The the first time I saw that, and now on the rewatch, I, I was like, "This is one of the best staged scenes I've ever seen." It's funny because like mainstream horror movie. It's funny because the church battle is like I think I have like three songs, like the main theme, something else, and then the church battle mm-hmm. on my Halloween playlist because that 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 is just such a well In- fucking done scene. Incredible. I, I miss um, Tim Burton. I wish he still. That's what I'm saying. Existed. That's what I'm saying. We got to make it our mission. We got to make it our mission to get a hold of Tim Burton and be like, just do a horror movie. I mean, maybe. I don't know. If well, I, we talked if about I, this before on the yeah. show. Like, maybe he's over it and it's not his thing, in which we yeah. would understand. Right. But I think everyone can be persuaded. I, <laughs> I really do. I and I just watched Danny Elfman's masterclass. I'm not a composer. Right. It was fucking fascinating. Don't. He's sharp as a whip. He got it. He's got it till the day he dies. He so just, he's yeah. we got we got. He still got the fastball. We, we got him. Oh. We just got to get Tim Burton. Black and white pinstripes haven't gone nowhere. No. And he's surprised. You know, Tim Burton surprises me. Batman Returns was a lot darker than I expected going into a movie with Danny DeVito as the penguin in it. Right. right. I expected a comedy, basically. And then Sweeney Todd is a bloodbath. I had, yeah. I had no idea going into that. You, I'd never even seen it. Yeah, we all watched it so together. you introduced me to it, and I was like, this movie is uh, sick, right? So, like, and now Sleepy Hollow... I was listening to a podcast. I wish I could remember the name, but it was it was uh, a podcast about book adaptations that are that into movies, right? So that sounds, they, that sounds cool. They cover you know any any movie that came from a book or whatever, and they um, you could tell they're like you know literary types, and they basically watch like the Notebook kind of like movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were they were they couldn't even get through this one. They were like, "This movie is disgusting," and I'm like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> the gore holds up. Like right? they're in, they're in that fight on the on the little bridge when he has the I think he has like the two axes or whatever, yep. and he slices the guy and he spins around. A lot of bodies, decapitated parts spinning. Yep. A lot of gore holds up. You know what I didn't realize, and so for some reason, like there's very obvious things that just I don't put two and two together sometimes. But I never realized that his horse didn't die. No. So his horse is like sad as fuck at his grave, and that broke my heart. I was like, "Holy shit!" His horse, like hit Daredevil, has nowhere else to go. Yep. But I kind of like that he stuck with him. Yeah, totally. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I like so it too. He must have passed away and then like found the headless horseman in hell or purgatory or whatever, and he was like, "Yo, yeah, this yeah. is so great. What's up, man? Let's go fuck shit up. Let's have a witch control us and kill, you know, terrorize the town." Yes. We got to talk about Ichabod. He is probably my favorite horror hero of all time. Yes. Like, I've I've always resonated with Ichabod Crane because he's a fucking coward. Yeah. He's scared of everything. I hate, like, like one of our, uh, in our bathroom, we have one of those, uh, like, motion sensor air thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when he walks in and starts, you know, sucking the air water. I I need a cleaner or something like that because when I walk in there, it makes this hissing noise. Mm Mm-hmm. Every time I walk in there, it scares the <laughs> shit out of me. I almost pass out. <laughs> so that's the level of yeah. scaredy cat that I that I right. that I'm working with. But like, I just I love. But he pushes through. Like he's he's trying yes, to get it done. And and you know what it reminds me of is there's that really cringy line 
in one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets where the nun asks the detective, do you believe in God? And he goes, I believe in science. And you're like, okay, Neil Tyson. <laughs> like, right. And Ichabod sort of has that where like everything has to have a reason or a meaning or some sort of tangible thing that he can do. And then Christina Ricci gives him that book of spells and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I love about him is he doesn't, he, he kind of, he thinks it's weird and he doesn't want to believe it because, you know, he's a man of science and totally. all that shit. But he doesn't, push it to the side he's like well maybe and like he holds on to the book well and you know and it's it's always tricky doing something like this right but it seems obvious and it seems like tim burton kind of invites us to do this unlike a lot of directors david lynch would would hate this but you know edwards edward scissorhands is definitely a metaphor right there's Mm -hmm. an there's an there's a metaphor going on there right so Rewatching this, it it really jumped out to me and occurred to me that that Ichabod Crane is sort of an analogy for the type of film director Tim Burton is, right? So, mm-hmm. like, when you're someone who's you know maladjusted and maybe not socially you know like you know gifted and like whatever, and although you know everyone that has ever worked with Tim Burton swears by him and is loyal to him so he's obviously great interpersonally like mm-hmm. you know in in the process of this right right but you 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 can tell that he's he's an unusual guy right so right. like so how did he get around it how did he get around it well technology he invented shit like he invented his his, his he invented a genre yeah. he invented his characters his and style. he also manually figured out how to draw it get it across in a way that a mass audience would, would resonate with it. Like, you know, those right, things. right, right. And right. Ichabod Crane can't stand the sight of blood. Like Tim Burton probably can't stand the sight of being at a dinner party. <laughs> like, to be right. But he figured out a way to make it work. He figured out a way around it by his own ingenuity, by basically self-invention. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like this, whatever self-invention Tim Burton has is, is buried there in Ichabod Crane. He's, he's becoming a success through self-invention even though it's in an area where it, sh- it shouldn't work because a detective who's scared of blood shouldn't be a success <laughs> right? Right in life. But he's an amazing success. He solves a mystery that no one else would have solved. And, and, and Tim Burton makes movies that no one else would have made through self-invention, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it feels like it lines up pretty amazingly. And when, when, you have, when you have that kind of like kernel buried in there where the director, the artist knows that they're doing that, that maybe they don't even consciously know, but like he has to be somewhere. Tim Burton just has to understand that character so well that he can direct the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I, the thing that like really stuck out with me with Ichabod is like, whenever like I'm stressing out about something, Alex always says like, well, what if you just surrendered to like what's happening? Like right. just surrender and go with the flow. Right. And, and it, and it ends up working because like you sort of you do surrender but you still hold on to like who you are mm-hmm. and like you don't let you don't you don't totally surrender like you Bob just kind of go with the flow but you're still who you are and i noticed that with Ichabod like he he just kept being like okay this is weird but i'm going to have to do it and right. i'm going to have to do it he took the book and then luckily at the end he flipped to the page after seeing the the mm-hmm. the thing underneath his bed and the thing of the church thinking it was some curse he finds out it's a protection for his loved ones yep. so he surrenders to the idea of the weird spiritual stuff but he holds on to the detective science thing when he notices the cut on the body doesn't really match the other hand so like he surrenders to it but he's still who he is and being able to just open yourself up to this weird stuff helps you grow as a person because he's a right. completely different person at the end. Totally. I mean, he's still quirky and weird, but sure. like he's seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> totally. He's seen some shit. And I think having a vulnerable hero like that 
like you don't get that in a lot of horror movies. It's usually, you know, some sort of badass. I've heard a chew bubblegum kick some ass is what you usually get yeah. from the hero in a horror movie. You get movie you, you get something like that. And that's that's fun and it's cool to have like the fun adrenaline stuff and to like go in there and just kick some ass. Right, but it's totally nice to have a different, you know It's set. refreshing. And right. I honestly I think that's why I like the movie so much, is because like you know, we've all been fucking frightened. Right. And, and, and you can either let it freak the fuck out of you and mm-hmm. not do anything, or you can just like cowboy up and like see what happens. Right. And when you get to see that, like, it's just, you know, it's, it's nice. And also, you know, it's set in, so it's harder in a character study. Like there's this, there's a weird movie called lock. It's Tom Hardy. And it's basically all set in a car, right? Mm -hmm. He's driving and you're basically just on him, right? It's like Ryan Reynolds buried, like an actor can even pull that off or not. But when you're all focused on, on a character and I think it would have been too much to focus that much on anybody, Ichabod Crane. But when you put it in one of the most beautiful horror movies ever made, with some of the best art that's ever been put on a screen, oh, at least for that Everything era, looks so good. And the atmosphere good. or whatever. So it's such a rich like tapestry to have that element in. Then, then it works so well because you don't have to dwell on what's going on with him, but mm-hmm. you can just pick it up, right? So, like, I think it's just the perfect blend of the whole cast. Plus, it's it's just well acted, and and you know, it's, I think in terms of acting in this movie, I think the best. I, Christopher Walken's my favorite performance in there, but it's hard to give him like the gold medal for like no dialogue performance <laughs> right. or whatever. I think Christina Ricci's next. I think she's the next she's best really performance good. in this movie. And then, and then Johnny Depp and Miranda Richardson, I have tied and then like everyone, everyone's good. Right. But like, I would get, I would, I would throw, I mean, everyone's so good. It's hard. What sucks is like, they got that one, uh, child porn guy in there. Oh yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Jones. Or whatever. Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. So it's like, it's always hard to like, yeah. look at that and be like, Ugh, you're kind of a fucking, kind of a fucking creep. Um, I got to get into some movie details. Like, there's some shit. I didn't realize how many close-ups are in this movie. Like, they do close-ups of almost everything in Sleepy Hollow. Interesting. It's always, I mean, the movie, like, begins with a close-up of them writing the letter. That's true. And I just think it's a really cool, interesting thing that, like, they decided to focus on a shit ton of details in a detective movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it kind of puts you in the seat of like you're the detective, you get to look at the clues and the stuff that Ichabod's looking at. That's weird. I feel like they did more of that in this than they did in From Hell, where he was also playing a detective. Right, who catches Jack the Ripper, but I don't remember many close-ups of. Like, There's close-ups of everything when Jeffrey Jones is like, "The only book you're going to need is this." And he goes, Psh! and it's the Holy Bible. Close-up of the Holy Bible. Yeah. Everything you get a close-up of. Close-up of the head cuts in the hands. Yeah. Uh, close-ups of like, I mean, you name it. There's probably a close-up of it. <laughs> wow. Good. And I, I think it's a really interesting thing. That is. And I think that that helps Ichabod's character. Like you get to be like, well, what are the clues? Like when you're watching a detective movie and you know, they hold a magnifying glass, I always go, what the fuck are they looking at? Right. And this movie's like, well, well here you go. <laughs> here it is. Wow. <laughs> We're going to show close up with the abdomen Good where the point. girl uh, got rid of her baby. I got to rewatch this just with that in mind. That's really Dude, if you rewatch it with the minds, anyone listening really to this, rewatch it with knowing that you're going to get like 150 close. Really I would love to see the shot list of Sleepy Hollow and it's just crazy. see you down the down the strip. Oh, you know what? I did do a time uh, thing of when people get murdered. People get murdered a lot in this movie. Yes, so like are. I think what's great about this is it's just a classic great horror movie, but like I think it fits the the niche of slasher films. Like check this out. You get a kill like 3 minutes in, right? You get two bodies, yep. right? And then next, you get a kill at 20 minutes 41 seconds, 3852 58 it just just boom 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 yeah. boom 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 boom
Well, he's done too because Sweeney Todd's done. Sweeney so. Todd is definitely a fucking slasher. But what I, uh, the other thing that I, I picked up on it this time was this movie sort of did like the werewolf who done it type thing. Right. Like when Ichabod first walks in, all like the, the boys club, I like to call them the boys club because that's yep. exactly what it is. Yes. Like they all they all went from like partying to having a good time. And then when they're alone, they went, they, they just like, they switched like a light. They went yeah. from like scaredy cats to like, by the way, there's this fucking thing. <laughs> we yep. don't know who's going to do it. Yep. But this, the movie does such a good job at building suspension because when you, when you first watch this movie, you don't know that it's a witch who has his skull of who's doing not. it. Like right. that's, you know, the detective part. So like you do especially have, especially if you read the story, especially if there's no rich and you're like, what the hell's happening? You're completely lost. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you're lost when Ichabod's in New York looking at a floating dead body. <laughs> totally. Um, but I, I, I love the suspicion of, because they almost, because they're all slime balls. Yes. They all have something weird going on with them, some sort of dirty secret. And so like, yeah. they, they know that none of them did it, but they think one of them did it. Yeah. And I love that I love level that of suspense. Too. I love, I love that it did the, the, you know, there's something rotten behind the facade of suburbia thing. Yeah. But like in 1790, <laughs> like David Lynch did it in Blue Velvet, but Sleepy Hollow was like, this shit started with this country. This country never, never not had this, like, which was great. No. Um, <clears throat> this whole fucking movie is just so good. I'm so glad I rewatched it. Like, So I've never done this before on this podcast. I discovered something in this movie that I don't know the meaning of. Don't even have a guess at it. But really? I'm just going to throw it out Normally there. you know like right. most of the stuff and I well, come to you for that. Well, it's not even, not, not even knowing, but I can at least take an educated guess or be like, I believe this or stake a ground or whatever. I'm just going to make an observation. And then anyone that's listening to this, they can flesh it out. Please hit me back with it because it'll drive me crazy, but I can't. There is something really strange going on in this movie with the concepts of bent and straight. It's I know it means Fill something. Fill me in. I know it means something, and I, and I, and I. What do you? Wait, what do you mean? I though, can't figure like out what it means. Versus okay. straight. So picture the tree. Oh, I see where we're going. Right? <laughs> I see. Right, and now, so then, and the last one of the very last shots of this freaking movie is, Miranda Richardson gets pulled into the tree, right, and her, all you see is her hand, and the last thing you see with her hand is her finger, and her finger is straight, pointing, mm-hmm. and then it just curls. And that's it. That's you know the last weird? shot. That that doesn't that weird hill thing do the that hill, Nightmare right? Christmas, like when Jack Skellington's what's curling, yes, it straightens out. Yes, yeah. and he does those curls, like so. And then like with with the fences and the iconography at the church, and then like the the instruments that he's doing are all these like straight angle like things. But then everything in the town is crooked, and he's trying to make things straight. And and it's just it, everywhere I, I see we're going everywhere I looked at the twig like everywhere I looked there were it was this co- this visual like like contrast between things that were like straight lined and and crooked were everywhere all the time right. and I could not figure out is this an accident? Well, because like is you know, it's in Burton. He likes the black and white stripey yeah, type stuff. Totally, but that's really interesting. Like, but like I've always known that to be like that's just him, but, right? Like, what right. does that fucking mean? And then the tree is first of all, it, this tree. This is the only tree I've ever seen. Like I like I mean, it's fucking trees. Like they've trees have been in movies since movies. Have this been movies. tree is more popular than the tree and a monster calls and that tree has fucking lines <laughs> right but this tree you see it one i you know i i had never i hadn't seen sleepy hollow when i met you right mm-hmm. like i didn't take 
Tim Burton seriously in in the horror aspect at all. I was I was basically a Tim Burton fan of Beetlejuice, Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. I didn't I had never seen Sweeney Todd. Didn't really watch Sleepy Hollow, and I was. Um, and I thought of Sleepy Hollow as basically like a horrored up Titanic. I thought I was going to in for right, Jack. Right, right, I was right. in for Jack and Rose. That's what I thought from a, from afar, right? So I didn't really take it seriously from that. But like it, so there's so much more of that going on, more going on than I realized there. But I, I don't know what the hell is what he was doing or why he's doing it there. But it, like for some reason, and Christopher Walken. The way he plays the headless horseman has so <laughs> this guy doesn't have a head, but he's got better posture than I do. <laughs> right, <laughs> he is always like ramrod straight, like you right. know, like in, in his posture. Even his, it's funny because when he was fighting, I was like, he he has some finesse, right. like like it's this like it's just like olympian level like yes. but like he's not it's not like like a wolverine like i imagine right. hunched over like real barbaric totally. to him it's like very like straight up like i'm about to whoop yep. that ass yep <laughs> yeah totally but once i saw i had not seen this movie but i saw a shot of the sleepy hollow tree in passing and i i i could have sketched it like a sketch artist like at a crime scene i would have gotten it exactly right this tree is unforgettable when you see it Right. Yeah. At, but you for, can, but, yeah, you but can it, draw it. Like I did it in my head just now. I was like, okay, so you got like this, and then you got this big ass, you know, trunk at the bottom. Right. Yeah. Totally. But like the tree is shorter than it should be because yeah. it's bent. The headless horseman's shorter than it should be because he's missing yeah, a head. Right. right. Like there's something going on with this kind of thing, and maybe it's just all accidental in terms of like he's just so good visually. But I, it, he put so much emphasis on that last shot of Miranda Richardson's hand and then the last shot of the tree. And the last, I was like, what is going on here with this bent straight, like whatever. So if anyone can figure out what the hell that means, hit us up because I don't know what it means, but it was everywhere in this movie. That's really interesting. He's such a good director. We got, we're going to, I swear to God, if it's my, my <laughs> life's mission to get Tim Burton to do, what was the budget for this? I bet if he did a $30 million horror film, because what was the, uh, oh, like M. Night Shyamalan, he did that one movie for like no money and then it would be great. Yeah. I feel like that's what Tim Burton's got to do. Give him 30, $40 million. Sure. Make a horror movie. Make it happen. Maybe hire this writer, writer again, yeah. which is what I want to get to. This movie is really fucking funny. Yes. There is true. a lot of comedic stuff in this movie. That I did, like, you know, because we just, we had, we had uh, Tommy McLaughlin on and we, we asked him about horror and putting in jokes and comedy mixed in with horror mm-hmm. and it adds a lot of likability to characters. And I yeah. think that holds true in Sleepy Hollow. But the comedy in this is really funny. Like, but I, he had, he had to put comedy in there. That era is legendary for that. Like the witch, hilarious. The witch is hilarious. <laughs> Knee slapper. <laughs> I'm gonna, no, it's amazing he put comedy in this in this time period because it, has, does, it doesn't fit, but he made it fit. It's and, and with like the amount of gore that it has and like the, the score is like, like you wouldn't imagine. If you listen to Sleepy Hollow score, you're not like, oh, I'm thinking of all the funny parts of Sleepy Hollow. You're thinking of people getting dismembered right. and fog and yeah, pumpkins totally. and all this shit. But there was like the one line when uh, Ichabod sees the Headless Horseman for the first time, kill the one big guy and his head rolls him into his crotch. Yeah. And then he wakes up yeah. and then freaking he wakes up in Dumbledore. He wakes up. He's like, he's real. He's real. And I keep calling him Dumbledore. I'm going to call him that the rest of the episode. <laughs> he just goes, yeah, we told you. And he goes, no, he's real. He's real. And he goes, yes. 
we told you <laughs> like you don't, like we weren't fucking with we you know. we weren't lying and then the other part that made me laugh is when they go into who you find out's the sister of the the wit the witch sisters yes. uh cave which is like you know what's funny is it funny you just mentioned the witch because you, i don't think you get to see oh i guess you do see the inside of the witch's like little cabin because like they grind bit. up the baby but like it's a lot of close-ups of them dismembering the baby but like in my head i was like I bet that's what the house looks like in the witch, witch, yes, um, in Sleepy Hollow. Like it just the whole the set. Whoever did the set design, like my god, it's so good. But anyways, Johnny Depp walks in and they're talking about something. And he goes, "Witch, witch, 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 witch." <laughs> yep. Like no, he's like trying to tell. Like I'm not saying you're a witch. I'm saying witch yep. <laughs> in the sense. And the way he's just tripping on it over the word witch is like really funny. And there's in. It's it's not like laugh out loud comedic moments. No, but I mean it almost ends on a laugh because he passes out after that. So something goes in the tree. Oh yeah, he, he just falls over. Like I mean, it's hilarious. Everyone's everyone's passing out. The witch passes out on him after she freaks out mm-hmm. drinking that bat juice or, <laughs> mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out that this whole movie is is a landlord issue. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. This whole movie is because that, you're that absolutely one right, land, yeah. the landlord, uh, Dumbledore, mm-hmm. yes. the, land, yeah. the famous famous landlord, famous Dumb- landlord Dumbledore. 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 What's funny is I didn't even catch in the beginning. They talk about how he, he you know, he's like, how'd you get money? I was lucky. And they're like, well, he's a farmer and a landlord. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's kind of cool that like they have yeah. it on the beginning and the end. And I just noticed it this time, this time watching. But this whole movie was, this is an eviction movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, go figure. And wow. we're, we're at the time now where people are, yeah, you know, I so mean, we could, we could have a back headless. Back to relevance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back we could to ha- being relevant. All it takes is one disgruntled person. Well, you know what's crazy is Terrytown still exists. This is the city that the story is set in. Mm-hmm. And, they in 1999 when this movie came out, they renamed uh, a, a, the place adjacent to Terrytown in New York. They renamed it as Sleepy Hollow, so it's known as Sleepy Hollow now. It's officially been renamed. Really? And when you go visit Terrytown, it looks like it's in 1790. Like no that way. city has not changed. You got to go visit this place before you got. You got to Google image like Terrytown. It looks like. This you can picture it like still oh my like God. it is so unchanged like which is amazing so I uh, you know the fa- and I mean like you were saying this came from the era when I don't know there were like twelve jobs <laughs> twelve <laughs> kinds of jobs in the world baker there was blacksmith baker, blacksmith farmer. butcher hessian like, <laughs> witch witch there was like right, were a lot of landlord there were a lot of jobs so um, it really has that feel which is interesting I have to check it out um, the witch scene has the one music cue I was talking about yeah what is the cue? so when uh, the jump scare happens and she uh-huh. jumps on him. The music is a completely different sounding music from anywhere else in the movie. And have you ever heard, I don't know who the composer is, but I think the song is called like Dance Macabre. Yes, I know that. It's name. a really fucking scary song. And there was yeah, a, yeah, there's yes. a beer commercial back like two years ago that had it in his commercial. And I was pissed. That's like on every Halloween yeah, cl- it's classical really, mix. It's like that song that's it's It's that song. It's a jump scare. It's yeah, quiet. Then all of a sudden true. that violin goes. Dah, 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 dah. And then the rest of the song's like 
kind of weird. Right, <laughs> the, right, the beginning right. is I I still can't listen to it. Like right. when I play it on YouTube, sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to give it a listen. <laughs> like my heart starts going, and then it happens, and I freak. Out. I pass out yep. just like no, just like don't do it. just like but go back and watch that scene with headphones on. And catch that cue, yeah. Yeah. So, it, but but it's like it's just like this really light, woody, violiny kind of plucky music. Interesting. And it's so like I'm glad I caught it this time because it made that scene. That scene's already great. But now that I realize, like the music is way different, it it just works. It's, it's a, interesting. So I don't really have a lot to say about it. No, other no, than I don't want to go. Check other it. than it's just like it's a really interesting thing. If you're listening to this, like just go, it's on Netflix. So, like you can load up Sleepy Hollow. Just listen to that on like a good sound system or with headphones, and it's it's just weird how well. Well, what's works. blowing my mind right now is like we could do an episode on Mulholland Drive, which is a famously impenetrable movie. Mm-hmm. That no one knows what it means, and I could explain everything about what the movie means to me. Obviously, it mean individual, like whatever. Like sh- I, without breaking a sweat, I could be like, "That is this, and this is doppelganger theme, like whatever." Sleepy Hollow. We keep bringing up things. We're like, we don't know what that means. But like, whatever. Like, what the hell? Right. Usually, like, this yeah. mainstream like movie. That's usually is like Lynch's reserved right. parking spot. Right. We're like, we don't know what that means. And he just pulls up right. with a milkshake. And we're like, right. for coffee. Right. Which is really interesting that that is. Wow, that's the really, other the that's other really cool. The other joke I forgot about is before he kills the family, they have that sign that says "Knock before entering," and there's a push. <laughs> like shit like that is so good. And now we're on to the second page of notes. <laughs> oh, that's where I noticed the fighting in this. Is oh my so god, wild. your your book of notes, man! If you had that in your pocket and you got shot, it would protect you. <laughs> yeah, or if I got stabbed in the chest like Ichabod, mm-hmm. I wonder what. It, oh, that was the other thing about that scene is I forgot how effortlessly. He stabs Ichabod like in the shoulder and then just tosses him like a hamburger on the grill, yep. showing how strong he is. Because like, because like you know he's a great fighter, but I forgot they added that weird that, supernatural strength. Yeah, it's which incredible. wouldn't in reality the sword just goes up through his shoulder and then he's probably, just running, running around scream, <laughs> screaming. That just the, the idea of that just makes me hurt. Because <laughs> totally. right now I actually have neck pain right here and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's it. Uh. Um, the, the joke, the romance, the romance, the romance between. Johnny Depp and Christina yes. Ricci was pretty good. Like normally, I, I think Christina Ricci is the MVP of this movie. Like in terms of, yeah. I, I I thought she was incredible. I thought she was believable and and fierce and and perfectly like suited to 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 be the kind of uh, character where you care about the character, but she also reserves a lot of unpredictability. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters where like when, when you're watching Die Hard, you instantly like John McClane. Right. But there, John, nothing John McClane does surprises you. Like He might surprise you that he thinks of something to do. Like right. I'll, I'll f- f- go out the I'll bungee out the window and come in 20 floors down or whatever. You're like, you're nuts or whatever. But like, it's the kind of thing he would do. But mm-hmm. Christina Ricci's character in this movie, I think there's all there's moments where she says things or she has a tone when she's saying things or she's doing things where I'm like. Man, she's a little deeper than I thought. Like her character's yeah. deeper than I thought, which is great. I thought she was amazing. Yeah, and like you could almost like what I really liked is thinking about how well 
they like balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Like he is more of like the straight and narrow scientific thing, and she's more and of she's the more bent. Yeah. yeah, more science. Yeah, he's yeah. more straight. And she's it, more bent. Exactly. No wow. Fucking. Oh my god! This detective movie made us detectives. <laughs> this is crazy. I only had a few more, few more notes. Oh, the the windmill straight out of a Universal film. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is there's a lot of flavors of Universal. And then there's a lot of flavors of Hammer film. Like I think a lot of the yeah. I think a lot of the dream stuff, like when it's just like the red door and the guy looking like this weird mm-hmm. preacher walking up. I got really mad Hammer vibes from that. And then the windmill totally. is just like, man, that's fucking Frankenstein. The whole thing catches a fire. Well, yeah, and there's French Connection vibes because there's a full on car chase in this movie, but it's a coach that blows up. By the way, like I mean, that's a that's a. Yeah. I mean, this movie has a lot of tricky things going on in it. I love this. Movie. <laughs> okay, I only had one more thing. Oh, the, the, uh, this is now. Now well, I'm, I'm towards the ending here. And I don't think I got anything else that po- popped out. But I loved how the witch called him my un- my unholy horseman. Yes, I was like, oh, yep. that's such a cool fucking title. Yep. that sounds like that sounds like the the skin you would unlock in a video game. <laughs> it's just like right. You unlock- or the fan fiction for Sleepy Hollow, like my, my unholy, unholy horseman. horseman. Oh, um, I. Gotta tell you, like, so now obviously, you know, this movie is not, you know, uh, Cannibal Holocaust or Evil. Like, this movie is, is, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's mainstream ish and there is a lot of, you know, gore or whatever, but it's also, you know, uh, romantic in its own way and whatever. So it's not straight up like, you know, propulsive like horror. But, but here's the thing though. One of the things, one of the things you know, like uh, fascinates me about when you think your way into a character situations. Sometimes they're more horrifying than you would expect until you think their way your way into them, right? Right. Which is why that movie, The Endless, was so terrifying to me when that guy was caught in that one second time loop, and I'm like, that gave me nightmares for for days. So I just want you to, I want to put you in the mind of Miranda Richardson's character as she wakes up. In the embrace of the headless horseman. Oh man! Can you, so I just want you to imagine being knocked out, right, and waking up and looking up into this sharp, jagged tooth grin of Christopher Walken, <sighs> staring yeah. down at you, right, and then getting run into a blood tree. Well, before that, he lays a, he lays a fat one on. Yeah, oh, which is horrifying, right? <laughs> and then and the look in his eyes is scary as the kiss, right? Yeah, and then he just. Goes straight into that tree and just I I love like that that if you actually have the imagination to think your way into the character situation now this is a full on horror movie right because I because I I try to imagine w- what situation you could wake up into that would be worse than because he ain't looking at her angry no. <laughs> in the embrace <laughs> he's looking of, at her like and I'm... I don't quite get what Timber and this is what I'm saying about the plot being a little convoluted because I don't quite get what happens to her when they go into the tree because her dead body is clearly there her dead hand sticking out of it right but he didn't bring her into the tree to kill her like that's not it's, what's funny is some people talk about like how when he's not manifested into his body like he's in some kind of hell right. i always imagine like, that's where they went they that's, went to some kind of hell that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking i think it's a hellraiser situation right. inside that tree right but you're not in your body. You're because her hands just laying there. It feels like, like the soul goes right. You're right. It's your soul, and I don't. That was that's not really explained or like whatever. But like that, just that whole visual and that the incredible visual of and one of the things I really like about 
um, the, 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 so, the, you know, the secret, one of the things Hitchcock would do, for example, is he would give you just weird tilted off angles just slightly or uh-huh. things that were slightly off. And it's subconscious a lot of time. He's not pointing it out, but like you feel uneasy and it's just because things are a little bit like left to center. They're not right the way they should be or whatever. And one of the things I really like about this movie is that it's really, it's set in nature. You got a lot of natural settings. You got a lot of leaves and trees and fogs and weather and, you know, like those kind of things. So, but then you have a lot of things that are really counterintuitive to the brain, right? So, for example, this guy goes pell-mell at a full gallop at a tree. Like, that's suicide. (laughs) Like, if I... If I was on a horse and I urged that horse to go 30 miles an hour straight into a tree, <laughs> I'm yeah, not coming out that's a, a lot I'm, of power. Right. <laughs> right. So like he's doing things that are just counterintuitive to 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 the brain and the eye. So you are unsettled but you don't know quite sure you're not quite sure why, right? And that's mm-hmm. because people are doing things that look normal and then they're doing things that are absolutely abnormal and they're right up next to each other, right? Which is which is, you know, interesting. Which is why I like the Sleepy Hollow name so much right because it feels a little dreamlike but also a little basic like a hollow is just a, a place in the ground where you build a city <laughs> like it's just right. like a hollow is just like a good place to put a building right like and then you got the sleepy part of the dream so you got the dreamy kind of like things don't really make sense and then you got the hollow like oh yeah everything's just it perfectly makes sense and i just think it's the perfect blend this movie is the perfect blend of those things i remember when we were looking at a house mm-hmm. there was some house in Glendale, and it just reminded me of Disney for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then right across the street from it was Sleepy Hollow Drive. Oh, oh and I was like, can we just get this place? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, be really right. The one mean. other thing I think I want to add, because yes. like, that's where you just said it was like a great place to end it. Um, and just if you do go back to rewatch it for the close-ups, mm-hmm. pause it when Ichabod opens up the doors to the thing. Um, it's a really well, 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 well done shot because you get instantly you have to almost it's sort of like an ice spy game the doors to what to the party to the party. when he first sorry sorry when he first shows up in the town he opens up the doors and everyone's there listening to music dancing having a good time pause it because it's almost like an i spy game you find the our boys club but they're all scattered throughout the building but their characteristics shine through the crowd. I did notice. So the one guy's like in the chair with his yeah. belly and his thing yeah. of wine, and then Jeffrey Combs is being a fucking pervert in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. but it's it's just a really I think. Like the attention to detail. Was well, and that's the thing. That's beautiful. one of the things about like one of the things that makes Jaws so great is when you put people in that town and then the town in crisis setting, you get archetypes you, that you expect, right? right? Like, like it because let's let's be honest. The archetypes, the archetypes that are in Jaws are just over here in the mist. Right, you have the people who want to open the beach. You got the people who just want to walk out of the market, and right, to the parking lot. Everything's fine, right? And you got the people who are like, no, everything's not fine. You got the Richard Dreyfus character. You're all gonna die, right? And you got that character in the mist. And when you have those situations, especially in like a town kind of community setup that you recognize, right? Even it even happens in Silent Hill. Anytime you have like a situation where there's a community under stress, it's really interesting you bring that up because I love I love comparing. Um, like the the town, we'll call them the town's players from Silent Hill to Sleepy Hollow because what's different about those and Jaws and stuff like that is they live in a world where like they can still go out and have dinner and right. drive their cars around. But like in in those two movies, you have to take those same characters and they have to 
un- unlike in Jaws, they have to come to terms with the reality around them. Right. And then you still get to see how those types of people play out. And right. it's fucking awesome. <laughs> right. And it's, but, but you're absolutely right. But that it's legendary when, when, when the, setting can do a lot of it's like jewelry right like when the setting does a lot of work the jewel itself doesn't have to be flawless right so like the setting that's the a town setting is to is a really interesting way to get it across that's why when you're watching clue you just need like colonel mustard and like or you know he's a nerd and you just right. need like professor Plummer. he's a nerd too or whatever i forget i don't i never watch. <laughs> i always forget who's i going. never watched clues so i don't know but like you know you've like, never seen it no i've never seen it but you know the archetypes are like you, you get instantly whatever Dude, and what so sleepy good. hollow did was which is amazing is for a movie that is based on such an old story and such whatever it was more subtle Right, like those people, yes. those like like those, you yes, could yes, you could yes, not yes, yes. catch, you you could only subconsciously catch what those people were doing when when he opens those doors and sees whatever, and it gets across to your subconscious brain, but it's not like on the surface possibly like whatever, but you're still getting that information, which is just great movie making. So, and I love when you get to hang out with them individually with Ichabod, like mm-hmm. when they go to do the operation, you get the one weird guy and he's like, but she's dead. And like you get that flavor of that guy. Totally. It's just so well. Directed. And by the way, shout out to Miranda Richardson's evil witch dress at the end, that like black webby, like kind of, Oh my God. Well, what's like, funny is we have, we did our Mars attack episode yeah. and I actually got some Mars attack gear from cavity colors and it has his old wife, uh, ex-wife. Lisa Marie. Yeah, wasn't that Ichabod's mom? Yeah, totally. I saw where they called her his muse. Yep. And I was like, he shot her like <laughs> she was his fucking muse. Yep. He shot her so angelic. Well, she was my favorite. She was my my favorite thing in Mars Attacks. Like that scene yeah. in Mars Attacks. It's we so do. We unnerving. have an episode on that. So go listen. to It's that. the most like, unnerving part. Yeah, she's like that. Yeah, absolutely. But that's another thing, by the way, that Tim Burton is incredible at is almost dialogueless characters that you feel like you got to know or like really make an impact. There's three of them in this one. There's young Ichabod. There's his mother and the horse, the preacher, the preacher in there. Yeah. Yeah. And even the girl with the twig, like you, I mean, there's like a lot of stuff going on here where I, it's, it's amazing filmmaking. If you, that's why, that's why I said at the beginning, this is Tim Burton. That is is mother effing peak. I, Still like Batman Returns better, but I'm with you. Batman Returns is real. <laughs> let me let me climb down my ladder. <laughs> I'm not saying I dislike Batman Returns. Well, no, true. I love the last <laughs> no, Let me I, just let me just say that. I will. On, on the bat. Um, but let us know. Yes. Oh, I had a I had a really go good... back to Sleepy Hollow and let us know how your visit was. Yes, go back. Let us know how your visit was, and if it was to treat it. You know what? Treat this review like a Yelp review. Like 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 you're going to some bed and breakfast at Sleepy Hollow and you're gonna review our time. Go back, rewatch it, give us one of those five I'm gonna encourage a five star review. <laughs> Alright, let me be real clear about that. Let me let my manifestations let me, let me tell you something. I'm looking forward to the five star reviews about your stay when you go back to Sleepy Hollow. Indeed. Oh, this was our this was my favorite review we've done in a long time. I felt like I can't believe we haven't done this yet. Yeah, I was uh, I was sure that it was a movie we had covered. Dude, like I felt like I feel so. But I was relaxed. so glad we hadn't because it was if we had because this was the perfect um, entrance into this very unusual Halloween season. That's right. Know? And and it, the thing is, we're all gonna need as horror fans, we're all gonna need ways to cope with how this 
this Halloween season is going to be stranger and, and possibly way more held back than, than, than we're used to and et cetera. But like when, when you get a good hammer film or you get something like this and that atmosphere just oozes out of the screen and gets into your room and gets into your brain, like it, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's as good a feeling as it ever was. And I just, I'm glad it was here for this season because I needed it more than. Well, we got to watch it while most. it was gray outside because of the fire. So oh, that, that's that, that fucking helped. So, well, anyways, we'll end on that happy note. Until next time, stay scary, watch a bunch of horror movies. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.